Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show. And please welcome back Neil Fitzsimon of Fitzsimon and Brogan talking about his new album, The Girl Who Shouted Love. time i published you guys was october 11th of last year oh right okay yeah and i was just looking at the show notes and this is what i wrote i always look forward to talking with neil i've told him we sound like a couple of music nerds sitting down for a <laughs> beverage yeah <laughs> so, that's right exactly right Bruce. i think we ramble on a little bit but I yeah think music enthusiasts get it oh yeah of course they will do yeah totally so you've been working with a couple of drummers uh, yeah, that uh, David Bowie and Elvis Costello drummers. Yeah, um, well, being a big fan of both of them, I thought um, I didn't. I didn't leave it to the label because, uh, like most labels who've been signed to, they're pretty slow off the mark. So I got in touch with them personally myself. I took the ball by the horns and uh, said, "Would you be interested in working for us? Uh, working with us, not working." For, um, and they said, you know, send us some of the stuff and have a listen. And they came back and they said they would. And then I got back in touch with the label and they, they agreed to finance it. Yeah, because I think they're such well-known drummers. I mean, especially like with, with Woody as yeah. well, being in such a legendary group. Yeah, and it went from there. And we've done, I think we've done six songs with Woody and we've done four with Pete. And I think we're going to be doing a couple more with Woody as well. And uh, uh, he turned out to be great, Woody. Him and his wife have really supported us and we're meeting up with him when he comes down to the island as well which will be good you know i've never heard woody's last name pronounced and i don't want to venture a guest how do you do it is uh woodmansey woodmansey okay that's what it looks like yeah okay. yeah and of course pete thomas yeah yeah i mean he's one of my i think he's a fantastic drummer uh pete oh i think they're both great but pete thomas um i mean i'm a huge costello fan and you know some of his drumming i don't i don't want to go to chelsea and some of the other stuff yeah and he's been really good you know he gets it done and he said some nice things about us as well on his site, which is which is really good. But Woody in particular, him and his wife June have been uh, have been great towards us. They've been putting posting stuff on their on their Twitter feeds and everything about us, and getting so consequently we've picked up quite a lot of Bowie fans now who will listen to anything that any of the spiders do, really. So and spiders yeah, it, it, from it, Mars. That was a great name. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great name, isn't it? And I, he, I've had long chats with him, and he's told me some fantastic stories about them. Really, really brilliant. You know, he's such a nice bloke as well. That's what I love about doing the podcast is I get I get the stories. Um, yeah, some of the most recent ones have been really good. Greg Kinn opened for the Stones for a while. And, oh yeah, I know. Uh, Greg Kinn. Yeah, I really I didn't know he was the guy that did that 
uh, 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 uh,
he wanted a couple of songs for the Eurasian Song Contest. So I said, how long have I got? And he said, two weeks to come up with two. I said, okay. So, um, and it was a tough thing to do because, uh, you know, there's, they couldn't be songs that grew on you. They had to be songs that were, you know, instant. <laughs> shouted love at the heart of the world yeah in a fortnight then i had to take them into him and to play him just like the acoustic versions you know with me playing the acoustic and b singing and he really liked them in fact he liked the girl shouted love more than the other one to be quite honest Strange girl, not of this world or any other. 
said who do you want to produce it and I said well Pat Collier does our stuff so we went into a studio so within about the like the initial meeting it was about two weeks to write them and then about another week to record them so it's all done in three weeks that's fast yeah it was it was a bit I wouldn't want to ever do that again really because it was such a you know just uh, and like yourself I, I write in the old way just like with a guitar and just, you know I don't put any beats up and all that rubbish I just just strum it on an acoustic until I get something that uh, you know I think is going to work. But it was a bit of pressure having to write real two really commercial songs. And for the listeners, Pat Collier was the producer of Walking on Sunshine. Yeah, by Katrina and the Waves, yeah. We're throwing these names out. A lot of people don't know what we're talking about. So, Pretty Blue Gun. That sounds like a, uh, a detective movie or something. It was taken from a Tom Waits song, because I'm a big Tom Waits fan as well. Um so, uh, a sweet little bullet from a pretty blue gun oh. and i just i just loved that and um i wrote the song and then we were going to do a gig an acoustic gig at the mean fiddler in london uh and the bloke phoned and said oh, we really like your stuff we want you to play what's the name of the band and i had a set list in front of me and i said um we didn't have one so i said oh pretty blue gun and that's how Albie got stuck with the name Pretty Blue Gun. Yeah, yeah, it was just a on the spur of the moment thing. But uh, when we got signed a few months later, the label seemed to like it, so we went with it. Mm-hmm. And the song, I mean, yeah, I just uh, tried to, I mean, it's quite an oblique lyric in a way, I suppose, really. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, just, uh, I, I wanted to do something in, in that 6 8 time as well. There's a story about Woody with that. I had a bit of a battle with Woody with that one. He didn't he, like uh, 6 8 or what? We sent him the the uh, just like the the back not, not not the back and check just like the bare bones of the song the bass and the drum in that time signature. And then he put down his drums and sent them to us. It's all done like on an email and everything, uh, you know, MP3s. And he'd done it in a straight four with my guitar doing that, da, 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 you know. And uh, you know we listened to it and B said to me, um, "Oh, I don't like it. What do you think?" And I said, "No, it's not right." I was the one giving the job of having to tell like 
David Bowie's drummer that I wanted him to play it differently. Oh, which, which was uh, a bit. And he, uh, I don't know if you heard, that, but he put up a bit of resistance to it. I, I think it boiled down to in the end that it's very difficult because uh, every drum beat is he said has got to be even and everything, and he's got to keep it going. And uh, but then after he'd done it, he uh, he he, uh, I spoke to him on the phone, and he said, "Yeah, you're totally right. It's the right feel for that song." He said, "But it was a real like swine to do. That's why I didn't want to do it." Let's put it on. Pretty blue gun by Fitzsimon and Brogan. <laughs> Shadows late last night The memory 
Well, seeing that, seeing that he's played with David Bowie, I'll take that as an honour, really, of some of the stuff that Bowie threw at him, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, some of the stuff Bowie came up with, I'm surprised he didn't oh, say. No, I, couldn't, yeah, I couldn't believe it. He <laughs> should, uh, you know, it is that job. Oh, I think it'd be better with this feel, but it, it didn't sound right. You know, it just didn't sit right with us. And as I said, you know, B volunteered me to be the one that was going to have to tell him. Oh, he pulled it off. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, and he said, well done. He said, for sticking to your guns. He said it would have been easy for you to have given in. Because you do, don't you? You feel a bit when you're talking to somebody that's played, you know, with all my heroes, really, like Mick Ronson and Bowie and Trevor Bold and and everything uh and that lineup and uh yeah but he was he was great about it he was really good and i think he did a really good job on it as well and he didn't say ground control to major neil <laughs> what are you thinking he, buddy he didn't play he didn't play on that actually <laughs> oh he didn't no 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 he didn't um <laughs> that's I, okay it didn't or, ruin did, my joke or, 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 or did he i can't remember um i, I know t- t- tony visconti reduced refused to produce that one because he thought it was a novelty hit Oh, wow. Yeah, and Gus Dudgeon did it. You know, Elton John's producer. He actually stepped in and did it. I don't think... I think Woody's first album was The Man Who Sold the World. Um, where he got them all down from Hull, didn't he? Uh, the three of them. Uh, Mick Ronson brought the other two down with him, and they recorded that album and everything. And then they went right up to uh, Aladdin Sane. I think they did Ziggy, Aladdin Sane. Man of Soul, the Bow and Hunky Dory, which not not bad. <laughs> no, let's flip over to to Pete Thomas. Did he play on like Pump It Up in uh, that album? Yeah, oh yeah, he did. He's been in with him right since the start. I think the first album he had an, an American backing band called Clover uh, Costello, which had like Huey Lewis in it. He was the singer with it, but because Huey Lewis wasn't needed, so he was booted off back to America. Uh-huh. Uh, but then for the second album, which had like pump it up i don't want to go to chelsea and all that so that was the attractions came in then um which you know i absolutely love that it's one of my favorite albums of all time so it was great and i, I thought i'd take a punt you know and just think yeah well I'll, I'll send something to him and see if he wants to to work and he said he did but uh yeah he's, he's really good well that's really an honor and I, I really respect your assertiveness for just jumping out there and grabbing those people and not leaving it up to somebody else you know you deserve the best you really do so yeah, I, well, I, I think because I, Pat Collier is a bit of a joke with him. He, he thinks that I've got, you know, uh, I haven't got any nerve like getting in touch with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said to me years ago, "You'd have been made a great A and R man." He said, "You really would," because you're so full of it. You know what I mean? He said, uh, "You know, to have the nerve to." Because when I told him that we got Woody and Pete Thomas, he just said to me, "Pat, how the hell did you manage that?" <laughs> And you just basically called them up and talked to them. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, well, you believe in your cause. There's no reason for fear, you know. No, no, no. That's right. I mean, you know, we were a little bit thinking, oh my god, you know, what's he going to think of my? I mean, I'm playing the bass on Pretty Blue Gun and everything like that. I thought, what's he going to think of my bass playing? Because I'm not a bass player, but you know, uh, but Pat Collier is, and he said, no. He said, you got the right idea. You're not playing overplaying. Mm-hmm. You're playing in the gaps. You know, you're not keeping it constant. He said, you know, you, you, as Pat would, one of his saying, uh, you've got the plot. <laughs> okay well I'm, I'm sure it's good and and uh i think you're better than you think you are I, that's another thing but uh you know, yeah you're a pretty humble guy yeah i think i think you i mean when i see some people you know what i mean um we watched uh, a video of um 
Prince mm -hmm. uh, playing the the solo to um, oh God, what was it? To, it was a Beatles track. We is on that George Harrison benefit thing after he passed away. Uh, While my guitar gently weeps. Oh. If you heard that solo, you just want to give up. You know what I mean? It was just like it was just so fantastic and so effortless. It's just I sat there to children and I said, you know, it's, it's, this bloke is ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was just so great. Yeah. But as you say, you've got to do, I mean, Woody said to me, what you do is right for your songs. He said, don't worry about that. He said, what are you doing? He said, really, really suits the stuff that you're doing. He said, and, you know, and that's all that matters, really. I think so. Yeah. What it's called for, nothing more, nothing less. And, yeah. And Harrison didn't even play on that. It was Clapton, I believe, on the original. Yeah, it was, record. yeah. Yeah. But that night on that uh, on that concert, Clapton gave way to uh, Prince for the solo. You'll have to listen to the uh, Greg Kinn interview. Yeah, I will. He's, yeah, he's talking about how he got on with the Stones. He knew uh, Bill Graham. Prince was opening for the Stones on that tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Prince came out. He's pretty much unknown at the time. And he came out and stripped down to like a jock strap. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got a list. Yeah, I remember. I remember that look. Greg said that he was sitting next to Bill Graham when that happened, and Bill turned around and he said, "You know what? There's only one sex symbol on this tour, and it's not this guy. It's Mick Jagger." So, <laughs> yeah. so that was I, it. And yeah. and he and Greg got the gig. Yeah, oh, did he? Oh yeah. I mean, it's can imagine. Apparently, didn't he die a death as well with all the Stones fan as well? He he, he didn't go down well at all, did he? I don't know about that. All I've got is the Greg Kinn story and, and yeah, how he hooked up and talked to the Stones. And Charlie Watts, I guess, uh, said, you know, when you play these huge arenas, like yeah. 80,000 people, he said, just play like you're playing a small club. Don't try to yeah. overplay it and stuff. And Greg was saying he was trying to just, you know, play to this huge room and you can't possibly um, do it. But he said that, no. that really helped him out a lot. No, I, think the, I think the most I've paid so is about two and a half thousand three thousand something like that i think that's the most yeah same with me yeah it, yeah and and that's pretty cool too you can tell they're out there but you can't really see anybody because the lights and stuff you know you can see the first couple of rows and yeah stuff until you hear them I, and then it's like wow. I, I i just looked at some uh <coughs> some people in the front row and just concentrated on them and didn't i looked up at the balcony once and almost went dizzy <laughs> <laughs> when I saw when I saw them up there, I thought, "Oh my god, am I?" You know what I mean. But then I put my head back down again. So yeah. <laughs> so do you play live much? No, not at all. Yeah, now. yeah, that was no, my take on no, it. No, no, we. Uh, as I said, I think I said to you before, it wasn't something we were totally um, comfortable with. To be quite honest, uh, yeah. we did it because I mean, when we got signed, we had there were only three of us, and then they put other musicians around us, and so they formed a band, and we had to go like doing gigging and we did a couple of tours and everything but it it was it, you know i was i was more happy writing and in the studio to be quite honest and so was b as well the girl shouted love is out now um but i should imagine the next one uh which will have woody and pete thomas mm -hmm. will come out in the beginning of next year I was confused because I, I thought on your website it was saying it came yeah out yeah it got pushed uh, you know with like with labels and everything um oh but they pushed, I think the album came out, uh, I think the single came out at the end of May and the album came out about a week later and everything. And it, so far, it's uh, the reviews have been great for it and been really good. 
So what next? You gonna write a Broadway musical and a movie soundtrack? And yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. I think I told you we did a musical in the past, didn't we? That it got put on in London. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've done. Yeah, we've done that. I mean, the only trouble with that is, I mean, we did well to get it into that, um, like a, a week's run in in London at a couple of theaters. But it's so difficult to get musicals off the ground now if they're not jukebox musicals. You know, if it's original stuff, it, it is really difficult. I would imagine. So it was like an off-Broadway, like less than 500-seat type deal? or I think it was a couple of thousand. Oh, well. It was at Greenwich, the Greenwich Theatre in London, and that was like a week, uh, and each night they had on the plays, uh, the plays, the musicals, just not the whole musical. You'd got about a 40-minute excerpt of each one each night for a week. Mm-hmm. And then, then we did the Bridewell Theatre, and the last one, which was a bit was great was at the royal college of music and they put it on there which was <laughs> a bit weird but they um and some of the they workshopped it as well there and all these students came in they were just like you, know, you can imagine the royal college of music and they just picked up on it straight away uh and all the girls and everything like that the singers picked up on the harmonies and it was me and b were just sitting there <laughs> thinking right yeah this this sounds great yeah and then they put it on there as well yeah, I tip my hat to uh, the projects that you take on. A lot of people wouldn't do that. One of your buddies say, oh, what are you doing, you know, and you tell them something like that. They're, no, you're crazy. You can't do that. But, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah I, I mean, it's really ridiculous. But I've, through my dad, I was brought up on watching Hollywood musicals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you believe it? I mean, my And I've been to see it in the West End, but my absolute favorite, when I was a kid, my dad... Used to we used to used to play the film and like and um, video and then DVD was a carousel which I think has got some yeah. bloody fantastic songs in, in it and I'm a big fan of Rodgers and Hammerstein I mm. really am and uh, it's one thing we wanted to have a crack at because I think somebody when we were in the studio once said these songs would be really good you know he said like in a musical have you ever thought about that and then again I chanced my arm and got in t- touch with a couple of blokes at a national TV. <laughs> station and sent them the outline of the story and some of a tape of the songs and they said they'd come back and they'd write a book on it which was good and then we got a producer on board as well which was really good and we didn't have to pay a penny which is great i was caregiver for my mother uh, some of the final time she was around and uh, every day i'd say well, what do you want to do what, you want to watch something on tv or what yeah put on sound yeah. of music i must have seen the sound of music at least 365 times because I was there for a year and you know I'd seen it before and after since then. yeah but now every time I see it I think of my mother but uh, she was all about music and and of course the story is really a, a great story but yeah oh yeah it is oh yeah I, I love that um I mean she's ridiculous you were talking about rock music but I love that song Edelweiss I think it's an absolutely brilliant song that for some it's so s- simple yeah and what's what is even more poignant is that he wrote that when he knew he was dying Oh, really? Edelweiss, which yeah. is all a song about hope and new growth and everything. So I think it's quite poignant that he wrote a song like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh, uh, yeah, like you, because of my dad's link and my grandfather's link to um, Carousel, which they both loved. I, I still find that a bit difficult to sit and watch it now, to be, to be quite honest. Yeah, okay, you're as sentimental as I am, poor guy. Oh, yeah, terrible. I really am, <laughs> yeah. Well, Edelweiss has that three feel to it, like the six eight song you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if anybody said no, you can't do that. I doubt it. <laughs> no, no, I think they got their own way on that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think that's a, I think like yourself, that's a good thing to have a different interest in different forms. If you just shut yourself off and say, well, I'm not listening to that music. I mean, I do to draw the line at hip hop and all that stuff, but you know, from the past, as as you know, like yourself, I I I really love all that stuff. And that was interesting when I was speaking to Woody about that because he's got very strong opinions, as you can imagine. Yeah. On that, and he said that he was totally sick. Uh, of all these songs going on about how much they love you and everything. And the, you know, the verse is the throwaway and then the chorus is the big song. And he said, and they mean absolutely, I won't use the word, but he said like sweet FA. He said, what I like what you're doing. He said, you're talking about relationships, but you're doing it in an unusual way. He said, you know, which was, um, he said, he said, he said, <laughs> which was really funny. He said to me, you know, that's what David did. And I said, David who? He went to Bowie. Yeah. I went, oh, right. I thought, my God, are you joking? And it's, it's weird, you know, it was weird talking to him. And he said, he said, yeah, like he said, you know, like when I met up with Mick and uh, I said, what, Mick Ronson? He went, yeah. I said, do you realise, Woody? I said that I am obsessed with Mick Ronson. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it's the way they just, uh, but he told me some great stories about them. I, I, I didn't know that they'd, um, the Spiders actually, you know, the album Diamond Dogs. Yeah. He, okay. um, they actually recorded about six, half a dozen tracks for that with Bowie mm-hmm. that have never been released. He then decided to ditch them uh, as a band, and then he got all the American musicians in on it, which I think was a mistake, to be quite honest. It's a good record. I I love it. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, I love it. But I just I just think with that, um, I, I, I uh, who did he bring in to play bass on that? Herbie Flowers, wasn't it? But um, I, I, I just, I just think it would have been better with the spiders, but, but mainly because I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of their like that raw sound that they had. I, I think Diamond Dogs, I do love it, but I think it's got a very polished sound to it. That has Rebel Rebel on it, right? Yeah, and Di- yeah, obviously Diamond Dogs and yeah, yeah. 19, 1984. Yeah, he was so unique, David Bowie. I, I, oh yeah, I'm glad you know a lot about it. I don't, it's so. <laughs> I, I, oh right, yeah. yeah. I'm a bit of a but I'm a what is known in this in the UK as a Bowie bore, and everything like that. You know, I I, I spend the time when people talk about him, just like shaking my head, saying, "No, no, no, you're wrong," and everything. So, but it should be good because Woody's coming down to give a lecture uh, on him, and then we're meeting up with him for a, a drink afterwards. I wish they're, I could be there. Yeah, they're playing the whole of the Aladdin Sane album, uh, and he's going to talk about each track. All right, yeah, and I'll uh, I'll send you that uh, track that I mentioned. I don't know if there's anything else I haven't sent you. I'll send it along if you're not going to be bored by it. But, I'm not uh, bored I'll send at it all. To you. Yeah, and I find it very entertaining. I keep asking for photos, and you keep saying, "Nope, don't have any." Yeah. So you're camera shy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we are, especially. But I mean, um, B is actually. It took a lot of uh, persuading for B to actually talk to Woody. She's actually spoken to him. <laughs> because it, she said, "I said, um, I said to her, I said, no, Woody." Uh, wants to speak to you and she said no 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 and, and i said speak to him and then I, I could hear him saying don't be so bloody silly in his northern accent and everything you know and he was really nice to her so but she, she gets me to do the dirty work with all these people the hiring and the firing and telling people that they play things wrong i'm always like the the bad cop i'm afraid in this relationship <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's got to get it done. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's a great uh, oh, singer, so I guess. Oh he, yeah, I, we both do the things. I mean, I've 
I don't know about yourself, but I, I've never been frightened of just putting myself forward and, you know, chance my arm. As my, my dad used to say, if you don't ask, you don't get, boy. So there you go. Yeah, and I think if you sit around and contemplate it long enough, eventually you convince yourself you should be afraid of it. I think just to jump in and, and yeah, like I said, believe in your cause and, and just move forward because that's what they did. That's what everybody yeah. does to get there. And, you know, I don't think anybody's just like sitting on the edge of their bed and David Bowie walks in and says, hey, you're hired. You know, that had been a struggle to get to that point, you know. Oh, God, yeah, it really would have been. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, like Woody, I've read his book and everything because he's had a book that's been a bestseller uh, in the UK uh, about the Bowie thing, and he really pushed himself all the way through to from one band. You could see the study progression, and as you said, he was hungry for it, and I think that's what you've got to be. Yeah. Uh, how's your hand now then bruce oh it's, it's good it's better than it was my right pinky is still stuck down uh and they can't oh. they can't do surgery on it because it's so bent over they can't get to the tendons right so it's completely on the palm of my hand but the rest of my fingers on my right hand are good and my left hand's still kind of messed up but like anything it you know if you believe it enough, you just, I keep playing. I keep figuring out yeah. different ways of doing stuff. Some things I don't do well. I can't finger pick, but I never really relied on finger picking too much anyway. No, I don't. No. So, so I'm okay. I, I can't complain for an old guy. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll keep out. And um, you do, have you got exercises and everything to do? I do, but I think playing the guitar is the best exercise. Oh, it is. It's the best one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they, they gave me a list of exercises to do. And I know they didn't put play guitar on it because not everybody plays guitar. So <laughs> go around and buy a guitar. I'll never play yeah, violin it. again. Oh, I never played before. Yeah. That old joke. Yeah, well, you take care and, and we'll be in touch. And like I said, this will be out in a couple of weeks. So hopefully. Yeah, and I'll send you a couple of tracks as if uh, ones that perhaps you haven't heard. Okay, sounds good. All right then, Bruce. All right, Neil. Talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. All right, you too, Bye. Yeah.